Good afternoon, morning, evening, or whatever time it is where you are and wherever you're listening. Um, this is Elk Sheffield's podcast, episode number 14, I think. And today it's Elf 1, which is me, and Elf 2, which is... Me. Okay, it's getting good. We're trying to do this on Zoom, so we've um, introduced ourselves to the new technologies of the world since the COVID um, lockdown. So yeah. this is recorded on Zoom. responsible. Yes, we're far apart. Um, so Elf 1 is um, somewhere in deepest, darkest Netherledge, and Elf 2 is somewhere in deepest, darkest Mears book, I think. Um, yeah. No, that sounds all a bit wrong in town, doesn't it? Um, and today we're doing a, an interview type thing, as is the way with these things. And today, who have we got with us, Elf 2, as you are with our interviewee? You could ask uh, an interviewee if you wanted. Yeah, we could do. Uh, so who, who are you and uh, what are you doing? So my name's Jen, um, and um, I believe um, Elf One and Elf Two were having a conversation about what they were going to talk about on the podcast. Um, and I've recently been um, thinking about people's health and well-being, and um, particularly in relation to the COVID nineteen outbreak. Um, so not so much as in actually having coronavirus, but some of the wider ramifications. Um, that come around from self-isolation, social distancing, um, and not having access to the usual support networks that people have got access to. Um, and so I suggested to Elf2 that um, it might be something that you guys would be interested in me talking about and you talking to me about on the podcast, um, just in case there were people out there who might be struggling with different aspects of things. Um, and I think Elf1 agreed that that might be... An all right idea, Elf One. <laughs> I wonder what you were doing there. You're slowly winding down to a pass it back to you moment. Um, yes, so we're going to have a little chat about that. So, Jen, what capacity are you, have you been doing this research in? You're not just someone sat at home googling, are you? No. So my day job is I look after um, HR and holistic health for a health economics consultancy, um, and I also volunteer for a mental health charity as well. Okay, um, so and I've got obviously background in psychology. My, you know, got a degree in psychology as well. So, so you've been doing lots of googling as well and looking at what's going. So, obviously, this is an absolute shower of the proverbial for everyone concerned. It's not particularly Sheffield focused this episode. I think it's more of a general what is going on with um, whatever Jen's just um, filled us in about. So, what would you? So, let's just start from the beginning. So when you first understood this was going to go pear-shaped, what were you asked to do by your company? What did, where did you start? What was your first plans to, um, obviously, did you um, all yeah, start so working think, from home? I, think, I mean, I think from our point of view, the first thing that kicked in was sort of more of a practical nature. So from, the, from quite early on, I think before lockdown was announced, it felt quite, it looked and felt quite different to when we've seen other similar um, outbreaks before. Um, so ACAS, which um, if people aren't familiar with, it's a, a public organisation that produces employment guidance. Uh, we, got, we got an alert from ACAS basically offering advice and guidance on COVID-19, which seemed fairly irregular to me. I, I can't remember a time when they've ever done that before. And they sent that out to all the employers on their mailing list. So for me, that sort of triggered a little bit of an alarm bell. And I just thought that something feels a bit different here. Um, so when I was speaking to the other management across the business, I, I sort of flagged this and said, um, I think this might be something we need to start preparing for. 
Um, so we started looking at options and we started preparing really that there might have to be things that we put in place. So we started getting ready to sort of roll out our business continuity plan. Um, and that business continuity plan is obviously multifaceted. It covers lots of different aspects. Um, but my focus on that is the people side. Um, so thinking about how we were going to get people to transition um, into um, home working, how we were going to ensure um, we could communicate with people, how we could ensure that people felt supported. Um, obviously, it's a significant change. And, you know, we all know that significant change of any variety can affect people quite drastically, put them under stress, any significant life change. And obviously, we're in a position where lots and lots of people are going through a fairly significant change all at the same time. Um, so we were very aware that that could have quite wide reaching ramifications. Um, and so we were really keen to put in place as much as we can to support people during that. You've used the word ramifications twice there, Jen, in the same podcast. I think that's a, a debut and the second installation of uh, ramifications wow. in the same episode. Don't think we've ever had ramifications <laughs> before. I'll bring my thesaurus so, next time so that I don't duplicate. I didn't realise oh. I, I was on just a minute. I thought I was allowed to say the same word twice. You, you have met me before, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously you mentioned there, I think you mentioned there, while you're in the preamble, you mentioned that you've got offices around the world. So yeah. as things impacted different offices differently? Yeah, so the government legislation in different places is different. Uh, the support packages in place is different. Um, the levels of testing in different places is obviously, um, so therefore the reporting of COVID cases varies massively. Um, we've got an office in the Netherlands, so they were impacted sooner than any of our other locations. Um, they were the sort of first ones where we thought that there might have been um, a possible contact of COVID. Um, and it was then really, it was that office, the, the contact in that office that sort of started us really ramping up the actions that we thought we needed to take. But yeah, there's been loads of differences um, in terms of people's attitudes towards it. Um, and obviously in terms of the government response um, and how they've handled it, both for um, individuals and for businesses. So where's it been handled differently to what's been handled in the UK in your experience? Obviously, the US, um, it's very much been driven on a state level, um, although they have introduced some quite f surprising um, legislative changes, as we've seen in the UK government as well. There's been some quite surprising legislative changes that have been implemented very quickly. So, bringing it back to the UK and okay. Sheffield, um, there's some words that you're going to say there. You're reading a piece of paper there, Jen. There's some information that's going to come out next that relates to Sheffield and the UK. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but you're going to enlighten me. Oh, am I? I'm sorry, am I? Okay. But yeah, so in, terms, in terms of like on a more local level, um, so I think um, more locally, I think what we've seen is um, that the economy's changed quite drastically, quite rapidly. Um, and I think everybody's feeling that. I think. Um, some people are fortunate in that they've been able to move into home working um, and, and I know that brings its own set of challenges and I think that's part of one of the things where people are experiencing a lot of challenges is home working. Um, obviously for some people it means that um, either they're self-employed and their ability to get support is very limited um, because obviously the government have offered to cover people for 80% but that's on profit not on 
turnover, which obviously for small, most small businesses means that it, anything they can claim will be negligible. Um, and obviously um, for employees, um, if they need to take time off sick, there has been an extension for the, the statutory sick pay, but again, statutory sick pay is very limited. Um, so, it's something you can manage on for very long. Personally, I'm still fully employed, working from home, doing my normal job. And I, I don't know, I don't know if I'm in the minority or not. I actually don't mind it. I don't know what anyone else thinks about having to do that. Mm. Um, I've had lots of reports, so obviously some people are not dealing with this as well as others. Um, I, I think I'm just okay with my own company and don't worry too much about this. I worry about everything else in life, but apparently the things I'm meant to worry about are more right. Which, according to a band on Radio 5 yesterday, was what a lot of people do doing who've got anxiety. They find a lot of people that don't have anxiety have found some, and the people that do have anxiety go, this is what I've always wanted, sat at home on my own. <laughs> Not I think, from my perspective, I've always worked partly from home, partly from an office. And so it's not a massive adjustment for me. And I do quite enjoy working from home. Um, I don't feel like I'm quite productive when I'm working from home. But I think for a lot of people, it's probably the, you know, it's the not being able to go out if, if, if you want to, at least. Yeah. Like sort of. previously, I could go into an office if I wanted to. But now yeah. that, that sort of option has been taken away. So I think, I think a lot of the coping strategies that typical home workers have are to take time away from their desks and um, to section off home and work life. And I think that can be quite difficult under the current circumstances. So even people who are more experienced at home working might be experiencing difficulties. And I think for a large number of people, when you then throw into the mix the fact that people have got schools closed, childcare closed, um, it means that people are trying to deal with multiple things and people might have got other concerns and worries. So they might be worried about their loved ones. There might be people who they can't see who are in vulnerable groups. You know, there's, there's such a lot else going on other than what people are dealing with in their own small context. Yeah. Um, and I, I think where, you, where people are working from home, it can very much depend on what your home environment's like. Have you got space to be able to do that? Um, you know, where are you working from? Is it an appropriate setup? You know, all those things, you know, when you're speaking to people who are in quite different home environments, their experience of it can be quite different, I think. I've just been to a friend who's got a really large back garden that he can sit in and he's just stood there going, this takes a lot of mowing. I thought, oh, the problems of some people. Um, so have you been looking then, Jen, into sort of advice, top tips mm -hmm. for people working from home, that kind of thing. Do you want to yeah. regale us with some of those? Yeah, so we've done, um, so we've been looking at advice for people um, just generally in terms of their mental health and wellbeing. Um, so we've put together um, a range of different things. So we've put um, suggestions together on how people can work from home in terms of their physical space. So they're looking after their physical wellbeing if they're working from home. Um, so tips on that would be, um, obviously thinking about your posture, taking a bit of time to make sure that you, you know, you're seated at a right angle, with your feet flat on the floor, knees at a right angle, that you're not extending your wrists too much, that you, you know, keeping them in a relaxed position. Um, and if you can, um, obviously, um, you know, having your screen at eye level. So if you are working in a desk job from home, 
we're trying to look at that kind of stuff. Um, obviously, for people with um, children, um, you know, people can speak to their employers about um, possibly flexible working um, or um, changes to work patterns, uh, working hours. There's some of the things that we've put in place for people um, to try and help them manage when they've got children at home. Um, yeah. And then also, um, just generally in terms of people's health, people's mental health, there's a number of different things that we've been looking to do. So we've tried to look at different positive strategies um, around finding um, things that people can focus on that are more uplifting, whether that's meeting together to do a quiz with other people or, you know, obviously from your own home, but yeah. virtually. Um, but also finding things to do that aren't necessarily screen time because I think if you're spending a long time staring at the screen, that in itself can have an impact. So it's yeah. encouraging people to take that time away, um, obviously encouraging people to go for their daily walk and things like that. Um, and then at the more acute end, um, really just that self-care if people are struggling. So going back to um, L1, what you were saying about anxiety, I think... For some people, obviously, this could be quite triggering. You know, people have got um, obsessive or compulsive traits. Um, if people have got health anxiety, um, if people have got anxiety around their loved ones, I think some, something like this can be quite triggering. Um, so in those cases, I think we're trying to advise people to um, maybe take breaks away from um, things that might be triggering for them. Um, to reach out for support and I think some people have got good support networks they have got people they can talk to but for some people it might be difficult for them to open up with somebody they know they might not want to burden them um, it might be easy to talk to a professional and there are lots of advice services available where people can get help and support from as well um, so it's really just making sure that people know what's available out there yeah I've been trying, I probably should have um, on the Twitter, I probably should have a hashtag for all things um, COVID, I suppose. I have been trying to share, I've shared quite a few quizzes, um, as you say, on there. That's gone down quite well. So if anybody looks on the Twitter account, there is Chef Quiz, which uh, I don't know if anybody else has used that hashtag before, but I have put four or five out on there and I've got another nine to go. So uh, that's exciting for someone who likes quizzes. If you don't, you're a bit scuppered, I'm afraid. Um, my personal things i like i quite like being at home and being able to listen to the radio if i'm not on a call with a customer i do listen to a lot of radio or music as i'm sitting there which i think actually makes it better than work rather than the chitter chatter of people yeah. talking I'm away churning through so much new music discovery at the moment working from home compared to what i would do in the office what are you listening to spotify and saying give me a new music Spotify? <clears throat> um no i'm on a, an alternative one called uh, apple music <laughs> I thought it was going to something really radical then. <laughs> no, you know, well, Apple. That, it, that does offer, it does offer similar services. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I've been looking through some different playlists um, for bands that I like, you know, recommended ones. Uh, also, I've been sort of messaging a few of the people at work that I know are into similar sort of bands and I've been asking them any good recommendations and things like that. So I've been kind of sharing stuff um, with people at work. We've done we've done a coffee meetup at work the other day and we did Friday afternoon between three and four for Bing Alcohol, although one of us isn't drinking alcohol during the lockdown. If anybody, I don't know if anybody affects anybody in the way it does me, but drinking alcohol does make me a little bit more anxious than normal. So I thought, while I'm on my own and potentially thinking I might be anxious, I've not been drinking. I'm not sure it's suiting me whatsoever. I'm not sure I can feel any health benefits, but you know, give it a whirl. 
I can say I've tried it and it didn't work. And then when we can all go back out, I'll, um, I'll be there. I think you've set up a group on Facebook for looking, people, oh, yeah. people looking yeah. for jobs. People have been made redundant. Yeah, so, yeah so I've set, I have set up a Facebook group which is called Need Work, Need Workers. So if people see jobs that are being advertised, then they can pop in the group and post jobs that are being advertised. But also if people are looking for work, um, they can go in there and say what kind of work they're looking for. Um, we've not got like a huge number of members as it currently stands, but I just thought it would be something a little bit more positive to do um, if people were looking for work. Um, and then obviously those people who are in a position where they're spotting jobs that have been advertised, then they can contribute and sort of do that mutual benefit. I'd have shared that if you'd have told me about it, but now I will, now that I've heard I know, about it. I know, but I didn't, I didn't add anybody who I knew to the group because I wasn't sure who'd be interested. Well, I'm interested in sharing it. I'm not interested in it yet, although... Mm, Generally speaking, I think um, there's lots of advice out there for people who are out of work at the moment. I know a lot of the support organisations are feeling quite overwhelmed um, with inquiries. I spoke to somebody who I know who volunteers at Citizens Advice um, and they're obviously trying to support, support people remotely. And somebody else I know volunteers for Samaritans and I, I know they've been having high volume of calls. So I think there are lots of people out there who do need help. Um, and I think it's making sure that people know where they can get help from when their normal support networks aren't necessarily available. I think that's really important. Yeah. We've pushed quite a lot of stuff on Help Sheffield, or we, I, pushed quite a lot of stuff for Sheffield Flourish, Sheffield Health and Wellbeing. Um, Sheffield Business apparently have been really good doing remote information for people who yeah. don't know what they're doing with their business. And obviously, I presume you've been looking into that, Jen, all the furloughing and all that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So, the, so, in terms of Sheffield Flourish, um, I know the Sheffield Mental Health Guide um, they're putting out on social media um, changes to the groups that normally run. So that what yeah. they've, is they've contacted. So one of the groups that I'm um, I'm part of that I help organise, um, they emailed us and said, "What are you doing during the COVID nineteen outbreak?" And lots of mental health organisations are trying to offer alternative services. Okay. So um, a couple of the groups I've I'm involved in have gone to doing virtual meetings. So. One of them I know had a WebEx meeting today, yesterday, another group that I volunteer for. Um, Can you name them? Or? Yeah, so, so Sodic yesterday, they've, they've moved to doing um, Zoom meetings. So Sodic is a charity that helps women who are experiencing mental distress, mental health issues. Um, so yeah, and there are a lot, so if you go on the mental health guide, um, it has got a list of different organisations across Sheffield um, that, offers different kinds of support for different types of um, mental health issues um, and also um, different types of support according to what your interests may be as well okay. so some of its interest-based support as well as uh, purely um, topic-based in terms of what different types of um, issues people might face um, and they are they ha I, I, from my understanding from um, hearing from them was that they didn't have the bandwidth at the moment to update the website with all the changes. So what they were doing was they were contacting organisations, they were putting that out on social media, but people should check their Twitter and Facebook. So that's Sheffield Flourish that organises the Sheffield Mental Health Guide. And they okay. basically amass information from most mental health organisations in Sheffield. We did a podcast on mental health, didn't we? Was that episode mm. three? Was that you and me or you and me and three? I think, yeah. I think it's number three. Anyway, there's quite a few references to the various contact groups around the city that um, are on that podcast. 
so yeah, so really uh, writing things down that can help you. So I think most people know what things help them when they're finding things difficult. Um, I think, but I think when you are finding things difficult, it can be struggle to think of, right, well, I know I'm finding things a bit hard right now, so it'd be a really good time for me to go for a walk or listen to some music or do something creative, whether that's writing or drawing or playing a musical instrument um or looking after a pet or helping others or whatever it is that makes you feel better and really boost your mood um so the first thing really would be to jot down things that you know work for you that boost your mood um can i add, can i add one in there yeah e eating one brazil nut a day gives you enough selenium into your brain and that's a happy thing so eating a brazil nut I've been doing that. Don't know if it's worked or not. Well, you've not got right. an allergy to nuts, in which case it's not advised. <laughs> Sorry, um, I just thought I'd drop that the, in there. The, the next thing that on the self care plan would be to write down reminders of things that are important to you and things that are good in your life, because that's always handy to have nearby. If you're okay. really feeling quite low, things are proving a bit challenging. Um, and then also write down any hopes for the future or. Um, to go outside <laughs> things that you're looking forward to beer, beer gardens music festivals gigs life <laughs> the, last, the last thing on self-care plan is to make a list of people you know who are supportive so that if you really like i think one of the things that can be quite hard is reaching out you know if you're feeling isolated yeah. if you've got a list of people who you know are supportive not all of them are going to be available you're not going to want to talk to all of them at the same time or you might yeah. do but um, if you've got a list of people who you know who are supportive or places you can go to for support, then you can refer back to that when you're perhaps feeling a little bit um, in need. On the reverse side of that, yeah. to, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would have thought, because I help Sheffield or part thereof, mm -hmm. that would it be useful to have a, a list of people you might be able to help? Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that boosts your mood could be helping others, for example. Yeah. So writing down, this person I know lives alone and da da da, and get in touch with them and say, are you all right? Yeah. I don't know, I, I don't, I'm never quite sure. I know we're very British and quite, oh, am I being intrusive here? Do they want to hear from me? One of the things that I wrote down when I was thinking about this before was be curious and don't necessarily expect back. Um, so oh, yeah. that is like, you know, I think trying to put yourself out there a little bit, it can be a bit nerve wracking, can't it? So I think yeah. if you are reaching out to people, um, don't do that necessarily expecting a wave of positive responses and validation because you might not get that but know that other people might also be sat at home and they might just feel a little bit reassured knowing that somebody else is out there even yeah. if you don't necessarily get a positive response back i think in the world of social media that we live in now it's that um people put things out there and they want that instantaneous reward from people's positive responses to it and i think if you just because you're not getting that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try and reach out. I've, I've spent seven years reaching out, trying to help people, and invariably weird things come back, and you're just like, oh, didn't expect that, it's a bit odd, just trying to help, never mind. Um, yeah, I do find, I, I, what I do like is being the sort of facilitator to allow other people to help other people. I, I don't do anything really anymore, I just retweet things and then someone replies, but that person who replies, quite positive about the fact that they've helped someone the person who wants to help is quite positive and i just sit in the middle basking in reflective glory or not as the case may be so i quite like that but there's not enough room for two help sheffield so if you can keep your ideas squashed then that'll be fine um i do 
I, I'm quite pragmatic in general as to where I deal with things. And this is just like, there's not much I can do apart from avoid getting myself ill. So therefore, I will be sat in the house for the next three months. I know some people that fill, fills them with absolute dread. But mm. I came to terms with that fact quite quickly. It might be the next six months. Don't know. Can't do anything about it. So mm. here I am. I know that won't work for everybody, but I'm just, I don't know. I don't think much more of it, really. The things that, the points that I thought would be useful to make would be, were around, obviously, if people are experiencing negative self-talk, then it's, it's about trying to sort of be kind to yourself um, and have a strategy in place if you are experiencing negative self-talk. Um, and what that's about really is not necessarily trying to put a positive spin on everything and um, deluding yourself into thinking everything's all right because actually you know your self-conscious will soon enough catch up with you if you try and do that but it's about sort of trying to acknowledge what's going on you know it's that mindfulness technique isn't it of acknowledging what's going on acknowledging um, sort of how you feel um, and then being able to sort of just sit with that and go okay right well that's this is what's happening at the moment and, and then start thinking about how you can be positive and, and I think that self-care plan really the idea is that it brings your mind back onto things that you know are there for you that you know are important yeah. to you that you know are good for you and I think when you get into that spiral of negative self-talk it can be really helpful to do that to get you out of it yeah, yeah. Um, go out for me 15 minute run every two or three days and try not to collapse um and then yeah just listen to a lot of music do a lot of tweeting twitter it's gone a bit through the roof the old twitter sphere in the last few weeks obviously i think well i've done i published it the other day 237,000 tweet activities or something stupid which is um obviously people want to get out there and reach the world um was there any anything else you wanted to add jen you've um looking at your piece of paper there Okay, um, you're both raising your eyebrows in a really sort of idiosyncratic manner. Um, so I'm not quite sure what's going on. <laughs> I don't know if there's any final thoughts help to? No, nothing from me. I was going to say that those people that are looking at new ways to keep in touch with um, others, obviously Zoom is, seems to have, I've never heard of it before the lockdown, and everyone on earth seems to have been using it for years. Like, have you really? I'm not sure you have, but everyone else I know seems to have. Uh, house party I'm quite enjoying so you can have up to eight people in a virtual room together and it allows you to play games which I've just been doing with my football friends um, I think I've spent a lot more time chatting with friends on whatsapp groups um, about absolute nonsense uh, from the majority of this lockdown so that's been yeah, good things to come out of lockdown you can hear the birds and the quality of memes has gone up tenfold <laughs> which is obviously so what's your favourite social media shareable content in the past? Oh, I don't. Oh, I'd edited like um, the picture of Sinead O'Connor that I shared. Oh, I don't. I don't believe I've one? seen that one. It's been seven hours and 15 days since you took your pub away from me. <laughs> ah, Mine was definitely the two birds. The guy playing the guitar in his, uh, in his uh, kitchen with the two birds. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Oh, my God. Yeah, like a cockatoo or a parakeet or something the two these they're both sat on this little pole and one of them's really nonplussed and the other one's like really giving it some head banging fanning Cop its feathers yeah. trying to budge up to the other one that's a wrap as they say in businesses that aren't this one thanks for listening that was podcast number 14 bye elf two bye elf one
And bye, Jen. Bye. See you after the lockdown's unlocked. Goodbye. Yeah.